Hey guys, this is Leah Hendershot, your host for Well on Less, where we take somewhat overwhelming ideas of living well and make them simple and easy to implement and live by. Welcome back. We're on number 27 of the Well on Less podcast. I can't believe we're near 30 podcasts already. I wanted to at first say if you have anything you would love to talk about on this podcast, I definitely, definitely want to get more interviews. Uh, you know, if you want to share what you're doing, anything that we've talked about or anything in this vein of health and wellness, gardening, homesteading, anything like that, please reach out to me and we'll get it, get it hooked up. Okay. So today's podcast is in the same vein as, you know, the garden series, gardening series and small stutters. We only had one. If you listened to, or if you didn't listen to number 26, I talked about how asking people to do talk about their homesteads in the middle of the busiest season of the year probably it just wasn't a good idea so I learned it's not that people didn't want to do it it just was hard for people you know summertime is busy with kids on top of your homestead or small stead whatever you got steading and so we'll continue that at some point but this um, is stemming off from that because I think I got personal I got questions about, I would post about what I'm canning just for my tiny garden. And I had uh, quite a few people, I won't say so many people, but quite a few people comment, I wish I knew how to can. I wish I knew that. I wish I could take a class, all those sorts of things, which I would love to be able to teach a class, but that's a lot of, my kitchen is not really set. I mean, I could show you guys, but I don't know. I need a good setup. So that's all my long-term goal is to teach a class, but I'm going to give you guys some links for who to follow to get a basic of canning and all that. So we got a lot to cover today, so I'm going to jump into it. So I'm tiling this so you want to can, and whether that's now or next year, you know, we're kind of running out of the main canning season, even though you still can can soups, you still can can leftovers, you still can can meats, actually, beef and chicken people people can venison deer um you know you can can all that if you need to if you come across a good deal or whatever but for the most part most people can through the summer to preserve you know the fruits and the vegetables and those sorts of things but if you want to can i would really encourage you to start now gathering your things and i'll tell you why so when I started canning, I just kind of leapt into it. And I grew up with my mom canning. She still cans. And other, a lot of other people in my family can. So it wasn't totally new to me, but it still was a little intimidating. And I was like, I've got these strawberries. I'm just going to can them. And I called my mom. She's like, well, you need this and this and this and this. I was like, oh boy. You know, I had little kids when I started canning and I was like, oh, where do I go and get all this? So that's why now is a really good time. If you want to start canning to start preparing so it doesn't hit you all at once. And fall is a great time, especially because 
people have realized if, if they've bought a canner or bought jars or any of the supplies, they've realized by now if they're actually going to use it or maybe they haven't used it for a few years and fall is when people, at least around here, people start doing garage sales and they start selling all that stuff off because I'm not using it, it needs to go. So it's a good way to not need to go out or go online and buy all the things new. I highly recommend don't make canning expensive because you're, you're, every year you're gonna have to buy new lids and possibly some new, event, I mean, at the beginning, you're probably gonna to need to buy new, um, oh my goodness, it's leaving me. My mom always caught on the, the rings, <laughs> the lid and the rings. Um, so you're gonna to have to buy that every year, pectin, those sorts of things for your jams and jellies. So it's enough by itself, just the basics. So I'd highly recommend starting now, looking for those things. Prices on canning goods have went up since 2020. So 2020 was, 2020, I would say 2020 into 2021, it was kind of difficult to find can, canning supplies because people were wiping them out because they thought, you know, the food, everything was, this is waiting or we can't get this, or we can't get that. And what's the first thing minus toilet paper, which is still the weirdest thing to me ever that people thought things were ending and they went crazy with toilet paper. Anyway, food, <laughs> minus toilet paper, food is where most people are like, okay, obviously we got to live food. That's why we saw store shelves wiped out. But people also bought canning, canned, canning goods. I have to watch my words. I want to say canned goods, but that's different. So people started buying, wiping out, you know, all this stuff and it was hard to find. And that's another reason I always recommend in the fall starting to buy new lids and if you need rings um, and jars start buying them now so come spring and summer you are not trying to find them in your local so this year it was a little bit more balanced balanced out but still the the prices on that stuff has risen I'm like you got to be kidding me how much for a pack of 12 jars like really so you need to start now if you want to can. And I see there's still an increase in the demand for this because our farmer's market, the biggest farmer's market that's here, it was bananas this year. Like people, it's great. I love it. But people were, I mean, it was like I was at an airport. I mean, it was just, you're like shoulder to shoulder getting through this farmer's market. So people still are very aware of sourcing their own food and canning their own food local, um, at home. So what basics do you need? And this is why I'm, I'm going to make this a blog post, but if you want to grab a piece of paper, pause and go get a piece of paper. The basics you need, obviously you need a canner. Now a canner, if I'm going to talk like this is total newbies, um, because when I started, I was a total newbie. Like, what, what, what do you know? What, what are you saying? What language are you speaking? 
A canner can be used, a pressure canner. You're gonna need a pressure canner. Your Instapot, Instant Pot is not a canner. It will pressurize, but it's not a canner. So just know Instant Pot is out, no matter what they say, as of now. And so a pressure canner, you can be used both to pressure jars of food and also as a water bath canner. So the difference between those is certain, and we'll get to this a little later, but certain uh, vegetables, meats, and things ha are low acidic foods. So they have to be under high heat. They have to reach at least 240 degrees for a set amount of time. And the way that you can achieve that is with a pressure canner. Um, but also you can use it as a water bath canner. So high acidic foods, your jams, your jellies, chutneys, whatever. Um, I did pickled peppers, you know, like pickles, those sorts of things, um, which you, all, you add vinegar to. Those can just be put in boiling water. You know, once you've obviously added the lids and then the rings that go around the, the um, on top of the lids to hold the lids down, those can just be water bath canned, which means you put them in boiling water for a set amount of time and then you take them out and they will seal. So you're going to need a pressure canner. Now I have a Presto and I'll, I'm putting links to all this. I have a Presto. It's a um, weighted canner only. So it just has a, so you, you pressurize things. It builds up pressure and you put a weight on top and that weight regulates if it's five pounds of pressure, 10 pounds of pressure, or 15 pounds of pressure, at least mine, those are the options. And, um, that, so that's all, all that keeps mine pressurized. Now, if you go and look, it seems like they're going back to ones that have a gauge, you know, like if you like, um, like any sort of gauge. So it, and it will show you how many pounds of pressure you actually have in it. I would recommend not getting one that is only gauged, um, but you need one that has a weight. Now Presto seems to be making, which Presto is kind of mid, middle, midline, um, but Presto seems to be, and more of the companies seem to be making a combination. So it has a gauge and a weight, which is good. Um, but I tell you guys that because you might go to a, to a yard sale or something and see some old canners. And the good thing about those canners is they were so solid, like they are like double the thickness that my current one is, but you don't, the gauges could be really, really off. So I discourage you from getting one that's too, too old personally. And then the gaskets, if they have a gasket, a rubber gasket inside of them to make the seal maybe bad and it's hard to source those. So try and find a pressure canner. I recommend new and I'll put a link to one that I feel is affordable. The one I use is affordable. They go all the way, you know, the ultimate, the dream one that I would like is like $400, but that's, you know, even for me, I'm like, no, mine's doing fine. So I'll put a link to the one that I have. I think Walmart has it for like 98 bucks, but I would get one that holds at least 10 pints or seven quarts of actual jar, quart jars, like seven quart jars, 10 
pint jars. And then of course, half pints, you can get more in there. Because if you get one smaller than that, it really, you can't be efficient. Uh, so if you can get 10 pints, and usually not wide mouth, just the regular mouth jars, then you can, um, you can get a lot done in a shorter amount of time. Okay. If you happen to find a canner at a yard sale, marketplace, um, your neighbor, whatever, you have to make sure that the rubber seal looks in really good shape. You can buy rubber seals if the rest of it looks, um, looks good, but there's actually the rubber seal inside of the, inside of the lid that makes a tight seal. And then there's usually also, at least on mine, there is a little rubber, I call it a pop-up button in the top of the lid. And so you want to make sure both of those are in really good shape or you think, oh, the rest looks good. I can easily replace this. What else? We talked about weighted pressure gauges. Um, So most of them are heavy gauge aluminum, which means they heat up, you know, they conduct heat really well, but they will cool down really well, really quickly as well. So um, I don't know. There's one, the dream one for me, it doesn't have a gauge. It's all American. I'll put a link to that one too in case, but that one actually doesn't have any, it's metal to metal sealing. So you don't even have to worry about a gauge there. If you happen to find one of those, that would be jackpot, total jackpot. Another thing you want to look for in a canner is some sort of rack in the bottom. It almost looks like just a metal plate with holes in it. You need that in the bottom. Otherwise your jars are sitting directly on that heat and it can lead to them hitting together, um, which they will anyway, but if you, if you combine the hitting them hitting together in the boiling water, plus they're directly on that heat, it can lead to your jars busting. So look for one that has that like metal plate. It's very thin aluminum with holes in it. You want, you need one of those in the bottom for sure. Some come with like a removable rack of sorts. I haven't really used mine a ton, but if it's there, um, you could also use that. So just so that your jars aren't touching the very bottom of your uh, pressure cooker. Okay, what about, I think I've covered canners, and I'll, I'll, I'll put links. Make sure those canners, if you find one used, no rust, no cracks. Um, yeah, that's kind of obvious, but just look for all those things. Look it over very, very, very thoroughly. Make sure it has all the plugs, the parts, and those sorts of things. But I recommend just going new with the Presto canner link I'll share with you. Um, that way you know it's good. Okay, what about jars? Now I'm speaking to you guys, newbies. Jars are where, jars can be uh, money consumers. So I highly, highly, highly recommend Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace, um, talk to your neighbors, go to your neighbor's garage sales. If you have older people in your neighborhood and they have a garage sale or you're talking to them, say, hey, do you happen to have some some canning jars that you want to get rid of. I mean, I do that kind of stuff because you never know. Um, because usually as people get older, they don't want to can, you know, <laughs> they don't want to can 
um, in their 80s. So that's how I found a lot. And also let people know that you're looking for it. I'm telling you guys, asking on Facebook for things you need is is like a secret that people don't use. Like I will just get on there and be like, hey, I'm looking for this fruit to can or I'm looking for jars or I'm looking for this. And people be like, oh yeah, I have some. You can just have one more. I, I always tell people I'll buy stuff. But be on the search for jars because right now, Jars are, oh my goodness, what I see the other day. I couldn't even believe it. Jars at the store, your average store, are like more than a dollar each. And yes, you keep them forever, but that adds up fast. Like I can just 30 pints of tomatoes. I'm trying to save money. And if I hadn't had jars, collected jars, that would have been an extra 30 bucks at least, probably more. I want to say they're over a dollar now. Um... So, and you buy them like in a pack, like a pack of 12. So be on the lookout for jars. Now with jars, I recommend staying with ball, ball jars, ball brand, Kerr or Care, K-E-R-R. Um, is, is Mason a different one than ball? But I recommend staying with legit canning jars. Some people say, oh, I can reuse this jam jar and all that. They're not made to withstand the pressure in those pots. You might have you you might use one and it actually come out right, but more often than not, so I always wash my jars and then while I am preparing everything else, I put the new jars in the canner, just in like some really hot water. Just keep it on low and keep my jars in there so they're really hot when I go to put something in them. And I can't tell you how many times just putting them in that hot water, if I'm like, oh, like there were some left at the house we moved into. I was like, I'll try this one, even me being dumb. And as soon as I put it in that hot water, it cracked. So I recommend staying with ball, cur, care, whatever you say, uh, mason jars, because they're made for the heat and they're made for the pressure. But when you go to buy those if you're buying them used. Run your finger very gently over, check for cracks, obviously, in the jars, um, but or any chips in them at all, even if the chip is on the bottom, the side. I don't run the risk of losing my food. So that jar gets put in recycling. But run very, very gently, run your finger over the very top of that jar the rim of the jar. If there's any sort of nick in it, you know, I mean, if you're buying a whole box, just buy the whole box. But when you go to actually check them at home, or if you're just buying a few at a garage sale or something, rub your finger along the rim of that. If there's a chip of any significant amount, I mean, really, I mean, if a jar is going to get chipped, it's probably going to be a pretty significant chip. It's not going to be like a pinhole. But if you have that, throw it out because it will not seal and then all your labor will be in vain. So that's huge. I can't tell you how many um, times I've gotten jars out that I've used over and over and over and for some reason something happened. Thankfully, I checked that rim because I would have, it would have been in, you know, I still could have used the food, but it just doesn't seal. So that definitely check for chipped tops in your jars. Okay. You're going to need 
lids. Some people also call them seals. Ball makes those. Kerr, Care makes those. There's a new company. What was it called? Uh, I'll have to find it. I want to say Denali, but it's not. There's another company that people have had a lot of good luck with. Um, and those are a little less picky for, but I tend to just buy ball or if I find the Kerr ones, then I will, I've used those. Um, sometimes they'll come, like your jars will come in a pack of 12 and they'll already have the lids and the rings on them. Sometimes people call the lids seals. Um, sometimes people call the rings, at least my mom does, um, if I'm remembering this correctly, she'll call the rings that you tighten down on top of them, she'll call them tips. So, or maybe she calls this the lids tips. Anyway, you'll hear them interchanged. But you can you can't reuse the seals, the actual lids, um, but you can reuse the rings. So keep the rings. Uh, some of my rings look really really bad, but they work. So you know if they get if they get rust inside of them, um, then I will put them in the recycling. But Anyway, you're going to need that as well. So what other canning accessories do you need to look for? So I'm going to post, make a link. I'll, I'm going to post a link for the canner that I've used for many, many years now. Mine came as a set with some accessories, but so far I haven't been able to find it anymore. You have to buy the accessories separate. And you don't have to have these. The only one you really have to have is a jar lifter. But I find the other ones are kind of give you more confidence when you're starting out. And you can buy a set of a set of this. It's um, a lid magnet. So it looks like a stick with a magnet on the end. And so you can, um, I kind of, I keep my lids and rings in just some, um, on low, some warm water, some hot water not boiling, just hot water in a separate pan while I'm canning. That way the jar is hot, the lid is hot, all of it's hot. So um, for a lot of different reasons, I, I just feel like it's gonna seal better. And it's also, you know, helping keep any sort of bacteria or anything um, at bay. I've never had an issue with spoilage. I, if I've had a jar, it maybe it was just because it didn't seal right. So um, anyway, that stick with the magnet, you can lift those out of your hot water easily. Um, head spacer or bubble, it, it serves a dual purpose. It looks like a stick, but it can, on one end, it measures how much head space you have. And that's the space between whatever you're canning and the top of the jar. And some things require more head space than others. Jams and jellies, not a lot. Other things, um, you have to have more head space for them. So on one end, you know, you can, it kind of looks like stair steps and it'll measure a fourth inch, half inch, those sorts of things for headspace. And the other end is just rounded where you can run it down in your jar and, and release air bubbles because the more air bubbles you release, the um, less likely it is to, you know, go bad. So, um, and you don't have to use that for everything. And then those sets usually come with the jar lifter is what I call it. And it's just like a big a thing that you can just pick up the jars when they're hot or pick them up and put them in the hot water without burning your hand. I think it's about nine bucks. So those are your basics. 
Now, of course, you need all the kitchen towels, rags. You always, 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 always wipe the rim of your jar before you put the lid and the ring on, always. So you're going to need like a wet rag for that. And I always like to have an apron on and have like a a, um, a towel wrapped inside or wrapped around the um, the tie on the apron so I can just wipe my hands real quickly because you're doing a lot of things at once and you need your space. What else? Another thing that I would start stocking up a little bit on is sea salt because even like my tomatoes, I put a little sea salt in those. Um, usually any vegetable, you're going to add a little bit of salt to it um, for preservation and just for um yeah, I guess mainly for preservation. I don't know if it affects anything to do with the actual acidity or anything in the jar, but um, start stocking up on some legit sea salt. And you can find that. Sometimes I find really good sea salt packages at TJ Maxx. So another thing is if you think you want to do jams and jellies, start buying, I prefer this, it's called Paloma's Pectin. And... I really like that pectin because you can use a lot less sugar and it still sets up. I, those, It's crazy how much sugar is in the other, um, is in the other, I can't think of the name, it's not coming to me, the other pectins, but Paloma's pectin, I'll put a link to that as well. Um, vinegar, I know that's usually readily available, but you're going to need vinegar usually if you're going to pickle anything, and sugar, and I recommend tur turbinado sugar. I find the best deal on that. It's the least, one of the least processed sugars. I find the best deal on that at natural grocers, so you can start kind of stocking up on that stuff, um, but I'll put a link to all that. Now, as far as what do you need, how do you know how long to what how long do I can green beans do I pressure can them do I water bath them do tomatoes jams jellies pickles what do I do so most of your canners I would say probably all of them come with a little booklet of the basics that most people can and what you do you know how do you do you pressure can it or water bath how many pounds do you put on it like for me um, last year I did tomatoes and they were, I would lose like half the juice out of them. I was like, what is going on? And my mom was like, well, how many pounds of pressure did you put on it? And I was like 15. She was like, oh, and I, and I did 15 for like 20 or 25 minutes. And my mom was like, oh, you need to do 10 pounds for like 15 minutes. And I did that and I didn't lose the juice. So it is very important to know those, you know, those things. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to do them like green beans. And it did not work. So most of the canners come with that. But if you want a really good book from a reputable source, um, the Ball Book of Canning and Preserving, it's like this, the standard. So I'll put a link to that as well. Ball Book of Canning and Preserving. And that will just help you feel confident. All these things will just help you feel confident in doing it. And like I said, there's a difference between what you pressure and what you water bath. And 
you always want to pressure cook meats, which includes, you know, beef, venison. I don't know. I haven't seen anybody do pork, but I don't know. I don't know. Pork might be a little sketchy. Uh, poultry, people have, you know, chop, if you find a good deal on chicken and you chop it up, um, obviously with, I would, I wouldn't do it with the bones, but just the, the meat portion. Um, and then vegetables because they're all low acid foods. Um, but then jams, jellies, apple butters, peach butters, chutneys, pickles, those sorts of things can be water bath, but follow those books. Look at garage sales, especially right now. Look on Facebook posts, tell people, or Facebook marketplace, post, make a post like, hey, what's out there? This is what I'm looking for. Ask your family, ask your neighbors, um, keep an eye out. Even Goodwill sometimes will have lots of jars. Um, I just don't recommend paying, definitely, like even a dollar a jar is kind of hard for me because there's just so many people that have them sitting in their basements or in their garages. And as far as learning how to can, YouTube is a great resource. I'll put some links there, some of those. Our, ex our local extension center will have a, at least one class a summer about how to can. Um, a friend that you know that's canning, say, hey, can I come over and just watch you as you can? And um, there are online classes. I've found one that says it's free. I haven't personally taken it, but there's one that says it's free. Um, but there's so many on YouTube. There's also like a deep dive canning class on, I think it's just homesteading family on YouTube. Um, if you want to pay for that, but I think hands-on is really the best. So if you can find a friend or take a class at your extension center or any sort of, I mean, I don't know what else might be out there locally, but hands-on is really helps you build the confidence and makes you actually do it and get in there and do it. Um, what I would, if I were you, what I would plan to do, if you've never canned before, is set a goal next May, by next May, which seems far away, but it's not, to can strawberry jam. It's pretty easy, pretty low prep. Get your kids involved, taking the tops off of them. Um, and I think that's one of the first and easiest is just to do a water bath canning and you can do that with the strawberry. Um, later in the year, like July, at least here, is more peach season, and that's really easy, pretty easy as well. Um, just take your peaches and plop them in boiling water, pull them out, put them in cool water, and you can peel the, peel the um, flesh right off after that. And so they're pretty easy to do as well. Peach is actually really easy to do. So those, you know, I would say by May, your your strawberries should be coming in or someone around you will have strawberries. I think that's that's kind of like a gateway to canning. And start with water bath canning and or cucumbers. Um, make some pickles and water bath can those. I think those are easy to get into. And then you can work towards pressure canning tomatoes later, like July, August, at least for here. Um, and those are pretty readily available. Even if you're canning a few um, or a few out of your garden, then that will help you build the confidence that you need to start canning. So hope I know that was kind of quick, some quick info, sorta, um, but 
I wanted to put that out there so you can start gathering your things. You need a pressure canner, preferably not super old, preferably one, you definitely want one that has um, a weight, even if it has a gauge and needs a weight as well. I think that's just the safer uh, way to go. And then you're going to need, definitely need a jar lifter. You don't have to have the other stuff if you don't want it, the magnet and the, the spacer, um, you can eyeball that really. And, or the bubble releaser, you can just use, you know, a thin spatula, plastic spatula. And then um, I would start collecting your salt, your pectin, if you know you're gonna do some fruits, um, sugars, vinegar, just white vinegar. And um, if you know that you really wanna do like pickles and stuff, you can just in this time, you know, I would just start loading up on some of that, even some of your spices that may be harder to find. Um, and jars in your lids and rings. Yeah, so I'm going to work hard on a blog post about this, and but I just wanna leave you with canning is, I meant to say this at the first, at the beginning, canning is, is a lot of work, but it is so stinking worth it. When you're doing it, you're like, oh my goodness, I've lost my mind, I'm insane. This is like, you know, especially since we can just go to the grocery store, like, wait, I can just go to the grocery store and get a can of tomatoes, but there's nothing better. Later, give yourself a day after it's done, and there's nothing better than seeing what you've canned yourself and eating what you've canned yourself. So I don't want to get the give this fairy tale illusion that canning is a breeze, but also the more you do it, the more efficient you get, the more you realize, okay, I need to have this ready and this ready and how to make it easier, but it's so, so, so worth it. And more than anything, it's a little bit, even like me, I don't have a huge garden, but it's a little bit of food security and a little bit of food security goes a long way and helps you feel so much more like the sky's not gonna follow me today and I'm not gonna let it follow me today. And having food in your home, especially when you have children, is there's a whole different feeling about that. You know that, okay, I have something I can, if things really go crazy or sideways, um, I can feed them. But I don't really do it for that reason. It is food security, but at the same time, I do it because I know it's better for my family. And there's nothing better than feeding them better food <laughs> out of, you know, locally um, and or out of your backyard. So I encourage you to start prepping now and jump in, jump in to bath water, water bath, <laughs> bath water, water bath canning. And um, it's very, very, very rewarding. So next time we're gonna talk about so you want to garden because there's people that want to garden and we did a whole series on that, but just some things you need to start looking for this time of year to prepare yourself. Things you need to be thinking about your area, your plot, um, what you need to be thinking about now for next spring because you can plant fall crops but um, it's not like your summer summer garden so we'll talk about that next time thanks guys thanks for being here with me again on the podcast you guys can now find me on wellonless.com 
If you want to go straight to the podcast, you can do wellonless.com forward slash podcast. Also, I'm on Facebook at Leah Hendershot, Flourishing Roots Home, Instagram, flourishing.roots. And as always, feel free to reach out to me on any of those platforms and let me know how you're liking it. Share with friends, like, follow, and all those sorts of things. And I'll look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Thanks, guys.